Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on my podcast, Teacher Be Taught. I'm Otney and I'm going to be sharing my teaching journey with you and more specifically my student teaching experience. This episode we will be jumping around as I share a little bit about my third week of student teaching. Now I do want to forewarn everybody listening, you probably can already tell by my nasally sound, but I have recently come down with some intense allergies. Thankfully, it's on the weekend, so I can rest a little bit before jumping back into the student teaching grind. Hopefully, my stiffing doesn't get too distracting. Anyways, let's go ahead and get started. So, I think we'll organize this episode a little differently since it's so sporadic and there's a lot of random things happening. And I think the easiest way to do that is going day by day. So, my week started off with drills on Monday. We practice our fire drill, weather drill, lockdown, and lockout. Everything seemed to run quite smoothly. However, it's just so sad that we even have to practice an active shooter drill. And it's even sadder that the likelihood of us actually using an active shooter drill seems more probable than a fire drill. Like, it just amazes me. It's so sad. Anyways, for any future teachers... Just be sure to ask your CT what the expectations are prior to the drills. So where do you go in the fire drill? Like where outside do you stand? What are the expectations for the students? What do the teachers do in that situation? And all of that is just to make sure that you are consistent with what all the other teachers are doing. Also, one thing I thought was very important and cool was to hear that my principal came on the intercom and just explained the purpose and expectations of each drill with a huge emphasis on like that it's just practice. There's no reason to be afraid. She would just re-emphasize over and over, this is practice. Remember, like we are safe. We are just making sure that we know what to do in like if there ever was a real scenario where we had to use these drills. And I think that's really important to cover, especially for younger children. So I thought that was just really cool how she just emphasized that. But once again, it's just so sad that we even have to go practice some of these drills. Tuesday was quite eventful, actually. One reason was because all the student teachers in the district had to attend a district-wide mandatory student teacher conference. Every student teacher will be required to attend their district's orientation, and that's basically what this conference was. We sat in an auditorium with student teachers from Texas State, U of H, student teachers in primary and secondary, all serving in the same district this semester. During the conference, the district's HR team went through a PowerPoint about expectations for their faculty, schools, and student teachers, and also spoke a little bit on applying for jobs and available positions. First of all, I'm going to let you all know that they were very adamant about clarifying that if you haven't finished your certification tests, you cannot get hired. So for those of you future student teachers, please start considering getting ahead of those tests before you student teach. Don't procrastinate. I was even sitting there with two of my tests done and one scheduled for that Thursday and was literally questioning if they would hire me, mainly because I'm dramatic. But I'm going to mention a little bit about the test I took this week when we get to Thursday, but I want to wait until I get my scores back before I make the episode dedicated to just certification exams, which will probably be in two weeks or so. 
I'm super excited about that episode and I hope to do that one collaboratively so y'all can hear from multiple perspectives on study resources, test taking strategies, and our experiences in general. Also, if you're a future student teacher and have to take any exams other than the PPR, ESL, or CORE EC36, please let me know whether it's SPED or secondary or anything else. That way I can find one of my friends who has already taken that exam to be on that episode and share their experiences or strategies for that specific test um, so you can know what to expect. But back to Tuesday, the second reason it was so eventful wasn't necessarily due to any student teaching business, but a lot to do with cars. I rode with my student teacher friends at my same campus to our mandatory conference And prior to this, after school, I had swung by my car to switch out some binders, and then I just jumped in their car and left. That's like a minor detail, but we'll come back to it. A few hours later, we get out of the conference, and it is relentlessly pouring. Um, And my sweet friend runs to her car in the rain with an umbrella and drives around, picks us up. So we're all soaked um, running to her car. And she drives us back to our school so we can grab our cars. Well, as I'm walking to my car and the rain had let up um, at this point, I realize I can't find my keys. So I'm just searching through my bag. And as I approach my car door, I see my keys just beautifully laying on the car floor. And I had literally locked them in my car while switching binders and just never noticed it. But easy fix, right? Like, my friend drove me home and my mom was going to drop me off later that night with my spare keys. Fast forward to that night when my mom went to drop me off. I got in my car, waved her goodbye, went to turn my key in the ignition, and nothing. My car was completely dead. Like, the battery, there was nothing left. So... My mom turned around, jumped in my car, we drove home, thought the craziness was over... And this is, like, where it gets real crazy. We finally got home. We stepped, like, one foot out of the car, and my mom gets this call from my dad on his way home from work. Turns out that someone hit his car, like, slid against the side of it, knocked the side view mirror off. They didn't have insurance. So it's safe to say that we all decided to stay inside that night. No one got in their car again. Um... So that was just crazy. And I know that had nothing to do with student teaching or your process of student teaching, but it's honestly so weird and kind of funny that I couldn't help sharing it as an update. Wednesday was bittersweet. It was 9-11, which is crazy. Y'all, the students I teach, are they were literally born in 2010, so they don't really know what 9-11 truly was or the impact it had. It... It's just a bittersweet time to reflect on the lives lost and sacrifices made and how far our country has come since then. I also want to just take this time to thank all first responders for your daily sacrifices to ensure the common good. Y'all are the true heroes and I have many of y'all close to my home and heart. Other than remembering 9-11, I would say that this Wednesday was Parent Wednesday. First of all, I forgot my breakfast, and a parent ended up bringing my CT and I Chick-fil-A biscuits. Can we say a blessing? Then, for lunch, another parent brought me literally a huge drink of Dr. Pepper. 
honestly, this is a side note, but teaching four classes has it has its perks because you get four times the amount of loving parents. The other side of parents of Parent Wednesday was a phone call conference with an upset parent who is concerned for his daughter in a potential bully situation. First of all, student teachers, I encourage you to ask your CTs if you can join in on any parent-teacher calls. It's important to see how those work, and as a student teacher, you don't speak or anything, but you just observe and are able to ask questions to your CT after. So, like, one of my questions, because parent-teacher interaction in the, like, negative sense is kind of one of my fears, um... My question was, like, how do you go into it? Like, what do you share, um, especially with an aggressive parent? And she just shared that you really just have to go off of your observations. Like, what I observe or what I have seen is this. And um, not make really, like, claims, but just share what you are observing as a teacher. And that's when documentation, y'all, is so important that you're documenting what you're students do and things like that because you have that to rely on in these specific situations so this also goes for asking to attend vertical team iep 504 and faculty meetings and asking specific questions correlating with those topics so take advantage of your whole student teaching experience so you know what to expect as an actual teacher you're there to learn so take advantage of it Thursday was the day I dreaded. In fact, most of the week, I just wished it would skip to Friday and I'd wake up and my tests would be all done because Thursday was my last certification test. I had to take the core EC through 6. And the reason that is just such a monstrous test is because it covers five different subjects. You have language arts, math, science, social studies, and then fine arts, PE, health. And so that's just so much to cram in one test that my brain would always get overwhelmed when I went to study for it because I didn't know what to focus on. And so to briefly cover this test, um, I guess what I would share because I was most shocked by this is that you don't just have five hours to complete the whole test. Like you don't have five hours for like all of those subjects it's already divided so for language arts you have two hours and if you get done with language arts and you have 40 minutes to spare it doesn't carry over like you're just done with those 40 minutes and you move on and so that was really stressful because with language arts that was the case I had 40 minutes to spare and then it went into math And I felt like I only had a minute per question and math is my like weak subject and I was just frantic and scared and didn't think I would finish. But I did. I persevered. I finished the test and honestly, it felt like a shorter test than my ESL and my PPR just because I think I was so frantically going the whole time because of the time issue, which I didn't felt... I didn't feel as pressured with time in the ESL and the PPR, so they almost felt longer. But with the core, I couldn't even think about it. I just had to go and answer questions. So once again, more to come about certification tests. Please, 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 please let me know what questions you have. Um, If you 
want to know about like certified teacher I'm hoping to go over that strategy or um, any other study tools hints for taking the test and what tests y'all um, want or have to take like just send in your questions on Friday I had the opportunity to attend a vertical meeting a vertical meeting is where a representative from each grade level in the same subject department come together to figure out a way to help their students better learn. In our meeting, we had our principal and instructional specialist leading it, and we were focused on analyzing data. And y'all, we literally analyzed so much data from subpops, grades, subjects, years, schools, and districts, all to determine some strengths and weaknesses represented by the scores. From our weaknesses, we were able to define a problem statement such as our ED or economically disadvantaged students aren't performing as high as other subpops or they aren't making appropriate academic growth. From there, we discussed root causes. This was interesting because they had to be within your sphere of control as a classroom teacher. So you couldn't say, well, their parents, da 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 da, or we need another instructional person to da 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 da. Because you as a teacher can't control the student's home life or you can't hire other faculty members. Instead, an appropriate root cause would be like we haven't used data to drive our instruction and reteaching efforts. From there, you can apply strategies to use to fix this problem, such as small groups, number talk, imagine math. Those are some of the ones that we chose as the math department and once this is all discussed as a group a statement is finalized data will be used to drive instruction and reteaching efforts towards academic growth and then by using and then your strategies could follow and that meeting took about half the day but it was just a really cool opportunity to just sit in on and loved it that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm sorry for the randomness and sniffles. This week, I'll update you with how my first observation goes and what to expect for that. Just a reminder before I sign off, please feel free to share this with any future student teacher friends or aspiring teachers. I would love this to serve as a resource for them, and please send in any questions you have um, that you would like covered especially for those certification exams. Anyways, I hope you all have an awesome week and I'll catch you all next time on Teacher Be Taught.